0: really excited to be here this morning bringing God's word to us. Um, I'm super excited about what Father is said to do in our midst this morning. Over the last um, couple of weeks, we started a new series on stewardship. And um, two weeks ago, Ross brought um, time, talent, and. Well done, you've been following. <laughs> that was meant to be a trick question. Time, talent, treasures, and last week, um, Ross, you know, also talked about the theology of work, which um, lays a very good premise for what we're about to talk about this morning, which is life at work. Isn't it interesting to to note that for a lot of us, we would spend most of our lives, um, our work, you know, at work, Um, Ross alluded to 90,000 hours over um, our life, you know, our lifetime at work. It means that a lot of the challenges we would face, it means that a lot of the um, experiences, experiences we would have would be um, within that context, nine to five. And so I think it's really instructive that we, uh, you know, explore what the scriptures say about how, how God wants us to, um, how we represent Christ in our work, at our work, and also how we work Um, Scripture we'll be reading from this morning is from um, Ephesians 6 and from 5 to 9. It's going to come up on the screen. And I wondered if we could all read it together. So can we go together? One, two, three, go. Slaves obey with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them, not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Last one. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism. Amen. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Holy Spirit, I ask that as I speak, I speak as your oracle, I speak as your mouthpiece. And, sweet Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move on in that in our midst this morning. I pray that there would be deliverance this morning, there would be healing this morning, and there would be instructions for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you asked me to summarize the text, the passage we've just read in, in one sentence, it would be this for me. It says, Sir, whether you are an employee or an employer, Serve or lead as unto the Lord. If, if you wanted me to summarize, that would be my summary. And every verse in that passage we've just read reinforces this message. And so in verse 5, it says, As you would Christ. Verse 6, As servants of Christ. Verse 7, As to the Lord. Verse 8, From the Lord. Verse 9, Their master and yours is in heaven. And so we see a common denominator, we see the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Basically everything we are doing or everything we will do in our place of work, whether we are leading or being led, is, should be rather unto the Lord. And to help you know, give context to um, this passage we've just read, the Bible talks about household codes. So this story, this rather this um, letter Paul wrote to the to the church in Ephesus, is part of what the Bible calls household codes. And so, if we back up a bit to um, chapter five, Paul started talking to the church about how husbands should treat their wives. And then in verse six, which is where our passage is from, the earlier verse, so from verse one to um, five, talks about how. Parents should treat their children and how children should respond and, and all of that. And can I just say this here? As a husband, I'd encourage you to read Ephesians 5 if you've not. And as wives, I'd encourage you to read Ephesians 5 as well. Really good. As parents, read Ephesians 6, the first couple of verses. Um, so you know, Paul, Paul, Paul started this old discourse or letter to this um to this group of people helping them, you know, understand how to relate with each other. First, husband to wife, and then parents to children. And then Paul came on to another group of people who were part of the household, which is servants, slaves. Now, someone might say to me, well, Landry, are you saying that God is in support of slavery? Let's bring this into context. Now, 2,000 years ago, Roman Empire... This was part of the culture. It was very normal to have slaves as part of your household. It was very normal to have um, um, servants who would be um, you know, people working in your house. And a lot of these people, would, would, they would not just be people doing menial jobs. But they would be people who hold very respected or respectable positions. So you would find servants who were administrators, who were teachers. Um, who, who, you know, ran the household. I mean, if you, if you back up to the Old Testament, you would find servants like Joseph who rose up to the top. You would find people like Daniel in authority. And so in, in those days, this was part of the culture. It's quite different from what we, what we have or what we had a number of centuries ago where... There was slavery, trafficking, where people would, you know, go into other nations and go and kidnap people, traffic them from one place to another. It was really different in those days. People became slaves. Yes, some of it was as a result of war. In some cases, people sold themselves into slavery because they were in debt or um, they had one situation or the other and they just said, you know what, I would sell myself um, so I can get, you know, get some money and people would serve for, for a length of time. And according to the Roman um, you know, Constitution, at the age of 30, you could actually you know, uh, get your freedom from, from service in that context. The other thing I wanted to point out is... The other thing I wanted to point out is, service is like a, it's like a loop. And so in one moment, you find yourself as an employee, and you have a manager who is, you know, who is overseeing you. Now, putting on my, my HR hat, so I've worked, as, I've worked in human resources for a number of years. If you look at an organogram, you would find an employee reporting into a manager, and this manager has a manager, and this manager has a manager. And so what you find is that you being a manager is not absolute, because you, you also have a manager, and your manager has a manager. And you might be the CEO. But guess what? As a CEO, you report to the Board of Trustees and so on and so forth. And so, and so there is that loop where, as I, as I speak today, it's speaking to both employee and employer, both manager and the one being managed, both the one serving, both the one serving and the one being served. And Paul, Paul helps us and, you know, my son, my son puts it this way. He said, "He says my seven-year-old son. He says every boss has a boss, and so <laughs> you know every boss has a boss. Every manager has a manager." And Paul helps us, you know, to unpack how to work, how to conduct ourselves every day as we come into the workplace. So, in in verse in verse um, in verse five of our text, it says, "It says here." It says, slaves, so if you are like me, this is what I've done in my head. I did a quick control, control highlight. So everywhere there is slave, I've changed it to employee. So you can do that in your mind, just to help context this morning. Everywhere you find slave, just control um, highlight, and then change it to employee. And everywhere you find master, control highlight, and change it to um, employer. Paul, Paul, Paul says here in, in verse, six, verse 5, he says, Employees, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Is it always easy to obey? Is it always easy to follow, you know, to your, your manager says to do this, but then the work environment is challenging? The work environment is toxic. Would it be easy if you found yourself in that place to obey? But then Paul is saying here, and another translation I read earlier, it says, respectfully obey. You know, a, a number of years ago, I, I was working um, in this startup organization, and I had this manager, very lovely manager, but then on the job, she wasn't, she wasn't that nice. And so I worked with her, reported into her, and it wasn't pleasant. I didn't have a good experience. It was extremely tough. And in one of those days, I went to the Lord, and I said to the Lord, Lord, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I want to leave. And the Lord led me, and this was about 10 years ago. The first time I saw this scripture was about 10 years ago, and the Lord led me to this scripture. And he said to me, he said, respectfully obey. And I said, Lord, I'm not... I'm not finding any pleasure in this place. And I don't want to get to a point where I get disrespectful. I don't want to get to a point where I get, where, where I, where I get grumpy. But then this is, this is the instruction here. It says, respectfully obey. And so I said, Lord, it's hard, but I'm going to do it. And so every day I would go to work, very unhappy, very upset. But then this scripture was a guide to me. And so I would remember this scripture... And I remember one day, I I, I called a friend. One of those days where things were just so, it wasn't nice. I called my friend and I said to him, dude, I think I'm going to resign. I don't have a job I'm going into, but I think I'm going to resign. And he said something really instructive to me. He quoted the scripture from Ephesians. And he said, Larry, I feel the Lord would have you stay in that place. I feel there is something the Lord wants to do. And at that point, it made no sense but I got to a point where I said, Lord, if this is your word, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust what you say. And I'm going to see what you will do. And in less than a month, the Lord opened up a new door for me. I got into a new job, changed everything for me. But what's the lesson here? What's the point here? It's in that obedience. It says, obey your earthly masters. It's not like you're doing it to them. You're doing it unto God. And so looking beyond what these guy's are doing to you, looking beyond how these guys are treating you, and looking to Jesus. Who is the real master in this case? Remember the summary we talked about earlier, whether you are serving or you have been served. Ultimately, it is unto the Lord. Uh, let's, let's move on from there. The next thing um, Paul then says in verse 7 of our, of our text, it says, it says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. Not men. Serve wholeheartedly. Now there's a running joke in my house. It's always very hard to grab my wife's attention when she's working. And this came to the fore during during the pandemic. I mean we were in the same house. Come on, we should have five, ten minutes of chat from time to time. But then she gets right into work. She's not chatting to you. She's not she's not I mean, it's always hard. Like babes, five minutes, nope. She gets right into work. And, and, and I realized this is her working wholeheartedly, heartily, putting herself 100% into the job. Me, on the other hand, struggle. I struggle with just sitting down and concentrating, focusing for 10 minutes is a struggle for me. And so one of the things that the Lord helped me with, because I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, this is your word to work 100% for you. Work 100% for my employer as, I was work, as though I was working for you. And one of the things, so I started praying about it, like, Lord, I am struggling with focusing, concentrating, and giving 100% at work. And one of the things I felt the Lord lead me to, I started reading about deep work. I don't know if you've read or you've heard about the concept of deep work, where you, 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 take, you take out time. So what I do, so let, let me share my practice with you. Over the weekend, I would think about what I, have, I, had, I, had, I had in the new week. What are my priorities for this week? I would write them out. And so I have, I have a notebook where I, you know, write out my priorities for the new week. And then I go into the new week, and I try to go in early because I, I focus early in the morning. Once it's 12, 1 p.m., ah, I struggle to focus. So I would try to go in pretty early in the morning, 7 a.m., get in there, turn off everything, no distractions, and get into work, deep work, focused work for about five, five hours thereabout, And then the remaining five, four hours or, or so at work, I then pace myself. So what I try to do is what, whatever is priority at that point, I am focused on it, trying to get it out of the way. And then whatever is urgent but not priority, I then take out time, pace myself, and get it done. Because I know how distracted I could be. Unlike people like my wife, who is very focused and can get on with work, um, but then what this also means for us is that we would find ourselves in different contexts. And what the Lord is saying here is, wherever you find yourself, I want you to come bringing 100% to work. I want you to come bringing your best and your all to work. Do it like you were doing it unto me. A translation in, in the KJV talks about not doing it, not doing it as, as, as I service. And so, I mean, a lot of times, for for about one year, I worked without having my boss around me. And it was very easy to just, you know, get on with other things. But the scripture says here that it's not about eye service. It's not, you're not, you're not bringing 100% to work because your boss is there, your boss is not there. It is, you are bringing 100% to work because you know God is the one who is the real boss. And so I think, you know, if, if you do not take anything out of here today, it's God is the boss. And when you go into your 9 to 5, when you come into this sort of context to serve, wherever you find yourself, even at school, God is the boss. And whatever you are doing, you are doing it unto Him. Remember last week, um, Ross talked about our workstation being our worship station. God is pleased when we work 100% for Him. God is pleased when we bring everything to work and it's not oh. Yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that because my manager said this. God is pleased because we recognize that he's the real boss and he's the rewarder. Another translation in the message translation puts it this way. It says, walk wholeheartedly. And then it says, come with a smile. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I went for a work work event in London. And there was this, you know, senior manager who I was asking him, you know, how are you doing? How is work? And he just went, "Uh, uh," and he was just, you know, grumpy. And the truth is, it is very easy to get grumpy. <laughs> it is very easy to complain about everything not working right. You complain about technology, you complain about the weather. And I'm sure some of us are like that. Sometimes I'm like that. And in that moment, I felt some sort of negative energy in that room. And I remember the scripture, it's in Psalms 118 and verse 24. Let's read Psalm 118 and verse 24. It says, "This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it." This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. And so when you wake up and the day doesn't feel good, like Bernie brought earlier, remind yourself, say to yourself and speak to the day, "This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice." and I'll be glad in it. When it looks like nothing is making sense, and you go into work, and your boss is is, is being unreasonable, your colleague is being unreasonable, remind yourself, today is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice, and I'll be glad in it. If you take nothing out of today, remember, today is the day that the Lord has made, you will rejoice, and you'll be glad in it. When the weather doesn't look fine, and you want to complain about this very horrible weather, as we would want to from time to time. Remind yourself that this is the day the Lord has made. You will rejoice and you will be glad in it. And lastly, just talking about, so we've talked about the how. So Paul has helped us with the how. We've looked at, um, we've looked at you know respectfully obeying. We've looked at working heartily. We've looked at coming with a smile. So those are the hows. Paul then talks about the why. If you, if you flip to the next, next um, verse, Paul talks about the why in verse, in verse 8. Do we have it up? It says, no, verse 8. It says, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. The Lord is the one who rewards. Your reward is not from any man. Your thank you, even though it feels good to hear your boss say, well done, thank you. The Lord is the one who rewards. And so when you come into work, when you come into a place like this and you serve, when you go to school and you bring your 100% and you are excited and you respectfully obey, when nothing makes sense, remember, your reward is not coming from all of these people. Your reward is coming from God. And I feel that I'm speaking to someone this morning. You feel like you've been unappreciated. You feel like you've been undervalued. You feel like you've brought in everything to work. You've brought in everything to your place of service. I feel the Lord will have me say to you this morning, I am your rewarder, not your earthly master. I am the one who would reward you. And what you find is that in that place, and sometimes, you know, it might mean your reward in that context might mean a promotion, It might mean more money. But I want us to also do this with a heavenly consciousness that that as much as we, we serve on earth, there is also that heaven mindset that one day we would sit with the Father and He would say to us, Well done, welcome, good and faithful servant. Well done, welcome, good and faithful servant. Have this at the back of your mind that he's the one who rewards. And the honest truth is, in the course of discharging our duties on a day-to-day basis at work, in the course of serving in places like this and in different contexts, we would have challenges. If I, if I, if I mean, I I, I spoke about my, 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 my role um, some years back. It was challenging. We would have challenges. You would have unreasonable colleagues, you would have unreasonable bosses. You would have very toxic work environment. I'm going to come and speak into that in a moment, but we're going to watch a video where um, Lisa Pinedas, you know, kindly shared her story, some of the challenges she faced at work, and how she was able to overcome. And then, you know, we would, we would come, we would speak a little into challenges at work, and we will pray, and we will see what the Lord will do. Yeah, and so the video is going to come up in, in a sec. And I would just... Job
1: security was actually um, my colleague and I struggled in. Not recently, but a few months ago. Um, Especially people came from outside UK, has been facing this face discipline and being sucked without any valid reasons. And some are forced to resign. And I even personally experienced one day that when my manager's manager rang me and told me that I was suspended, I'd been reported that I spoke my native tongue, which is Tagalog at work, and I don't even know who she was. And I asked her if I could speak to my manager, and she told me that I wasn't allowed. And she even told me that, I'm not allowed to speak to any of my colleagues, any of my friends, and that made me confused and upset and very discouraged. The first time uh, actually I've ever faced that kind of disciplinary action, I couldn't accept it. I suddenly couldn't speak to my colleague, nor pray for them, or play Christian music to the residents. So I was, like, restricted. Well, I learned uh, how to submit and surrender everything to God once again. I just think that um, I choose to forgive even though it was still, you know, hurting me. And, because God says that love your neighbor as yourself and I'm thinking those th- those times as well that that is nothing comparing to what God has done on the cross and God even said that if someone did wrong to you seven times forgive them 77 times it wasn't easy but I have to do that as an act of obedience to him and then um Yeah, later on, God used a lot of people and like my GP, my union, my life group, my life group coach, my friends and some of my colleagues, my family, they prayed and fight for my case. And then after one week, um, the investigation team told me that they dropped the case and they asked me to come back to work. And not only that, um, there's new management came in and most of my colleagues get disciplined, able to come back at work. And God, God moved pieces around. And it's, it's amazing. When I came, the moment I came back to work, My colleague, uh, every one of them are hugging me and, you know, they welcomed me. And even the residents are actually screaming. And yeah, and they, they were so excited to see me because they said for, it's been a long time that nobody's playing that kind of music. And the moment I played it, it's like, you know, it's like a party, you know, in the unit. And I was so happy, even though, you know, it happened. At least the result is really a victory and I really thank God, you know, on, you know, on that situation. God really used that situation maybe to be uh, in order for me to, to share more about Him. And I'm so relaxed now before I'm trying to make a timing, to find time, you know, to, to play the music and to share God. Now I'm so bold in everything. Yeah, and yeah, I'm so brave now. Yeah, whilst at work, um, I use my gift by rendering my service, not only to my colleague, but for everyone, the residents and friends. And I could say, I think, fighting the good fight of faith. And if you know that you are in trouble and if the enemy is attacking you, be still and know because that's what God says. I felt freedom when I surrendered everything to God and um, he used me to show people at my workplace how to show forgiveness and love to everyone. And that even to the point of being bullied and discriminated against when done for his glory, um, it's, it's a real privilege for being used by
0: God. That was really good, Lisa. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yeah, to God, to God be the glory. Like I said earlier, the honest truth is, when we go into that nine-to-five context, when we, when, we, when we serve in different capacities there will be challenges. You find organizations these days where it's almost impossible to even um, express your faith and share that you are a Christian. But here is the good news. Um, Matthew 5 and verse 16 puts it this way. It says, Let your light so shine that men may see your own good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so we don't need to go around carrying the placards and saying, I'm a Christian, no. What God is expecting from us as his children is that through our conduct, through our words, through our actions, we become the Bible people see. And so it becomes so easy for people to see God in you, through you, that there's something different about you. Some years, a couple of years back, I worked at the university, and... I remember I went into the kitchen once, and this guy came to me and he said, oh, hi, my name is Joe. I remember his name really well. My name is Joe. Um, and I said, yeah, my name is Landry, and he said, oh, I'd like to be your friend. And I was wondering, like, wh- wh- why do you want to be my friend? Um, <laughs> and so he said, can we, can we go out for um, lunch? And I was like, lunch? OK, I'll think about it. And then it came the first time, came the second time, anyways i was praying one morning on my way to work and i felt the holy spirit say, go out you know hang out with him so we went to and even volunteered to pay for my lunch how good is that anyway so we so we so we went out for lunch and we got talking and i found out he was a christian i found out he loved the lord and you know eventually he found out i was a christian and all of that but what am i trying to say imagine if i wasn't a christian and this guy so graciously wanted to spend time with me, just talk about random stuff. It would have been so easy for him to talk about Jesus. And so my question to us is, and this is, you know, when we have opportunities, are we shining the light of God? Or are we shining away? Remember, friends, you and I are the Bible a lot of unbelievers would see. They wouldn't, they wouldn't get to read the Bible. They would get to read us and see Christ through us. I had, I, had, I had a promotion discussion with my boss once. And she said something really interesting. She said, oh, I think you do this so well because you go to church. And I was really surprised that first this person recognized that I was a Christian and they could attribute my delivery in a particular thing to me, being a Christian, that was really humbling for me. And so my encouragement is let us go out there shining the light of God and letting people see God through our lives and so it becomes so easy to preach Jesus to others. The other thing I wanted to highlight is we would find, we, we would find ourselves in toxic environments or toxic workplaces in different contexts. It could be unreasonable work colleagues. It could be unreasonable work managers. What do you do in those instances? What do you do in those situations? Second Timothy, um, sorry, First Timothy chapter 2 from verses 1 to 4, he puts it this way. He says, he says first and foremost, prayers should be made for all men. Prayers, intercessions should be made for all men. And then he goes on to say in verse 2, to be made for men in authority, to be made for kings and men in authority. Why? That you might lead quiet and peaceful lives. And so as Christians, we have that duty, that call to duty or that responsibility to come into the workplace and offer up prayers for our colleagues, offer up prayers for our leaders. It's our responsibility as Christians in that environment. Maybe through your prayers, someone might come to know Jesus. Maybe through that seed that you are sowing in that place, God might bring healing to someone. Another thing I want to highlight, and and my my wife, who was my girlfriend then, went through a season where she, she found herself harassed at work. If you ever find yourself in a place where there is sexual harassment, physical harassment, please, by all means, report to the relevant authorities. By all means. Pray about it, yes, please pray about it, but report to the relevant authorities. And lastly, sometimes we would find ourselves in challenging and toxic environments, And a lot of times, it would feel like, Lord, why am I in this place? I want to leave. But sometimes, it's actually the Lord helping us stretch and build capacity. We would come to church and we would sing, make me a vessel, make me, I don't know, you know. We would come and we would sing, make new wine out of me. But the new wine would come out of the challenges we go through. Capacity to lead, capacity to show kindness to others will come out of those challenging situations where God is stretching us and helping us build capacity. And so as James 1 and verse 2 says, it says, count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. And so my point my, my My last, you know, shot to us this morning is, ask the Lord, Father, do you want me to remain here or is it time to move on? Do not see that negative situation as final, no. The question should be, Lord, do you want me here or is it time to move on? And I felt this morning the Lord will have me speak into certain situations and pray for for a number of people. And so can I please ask if you can please stand, and I would ask the band to please come up, if you can please stand up with me. One of the things that I felt the Lord said to me, and this is a word, a specific word for someone, is that you are in in a work situation at the moment, and you feel, you know that this is not where the Lord wants you to be and you are struggling to give your 100%. The Lord said to encourage you, first and foremost, and to let you know that this is not final, that this is, this is, this is like, um, that you are in transit. You are in transit. And if you are here in this room, I'm going to ask the prayer team to please come out, um, and there will be someone to pray with you. But I, f- I felt the Lord say that he would begin to orchestrate And it's going to start bringing relationships your way. It's going to start bringing men your way. To bring you into the new season He has planned for you. And I also felt that there are folks in this room who, like Lisa said, got into offense and are struggling to bring 100% to work because of how they've been treated in the past. And I feel that the Lord wants to speak into these situations where you've gone into offense and you are just so angry because you've brought in 100% and you've been wrongly treated. I feel the Lord wants to bring healing. I feel, I feel the Lord wants to bring deliverance. And if that is you, again, the prayer team are going to be here in a bit. Can I ask you to please you know, take that step of faith and come forward? I feel that there are some of us who are actually struggling with with the work. It's just just a lot and we are struggling. We want to bring 100% to work, but we are struggling. I feel the Lord will have me speak grace over you even in this moment. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And so I felt the Lord would say, would have me speak grace over you this morning. That you are struggling with work. And yes, you are bringing 100%, but it doesn't feel like it's enough. Can you ask him for grace in this moment? Can you ask him that, Lord, I ask you for grace. I ask you for help. Holy Spirit, I can't do this on my own. I have, I have tried, I have struggled, I have even prayed. But Lord, I feel that in this moment where your word has gone forth, I ask you for grace, I ask you for help. You've seen my heart. I have come into the workplace and I have brought 100%. But it feels like it's not enough, Lord. It feels like I'm not doing enough. I'm asking you for grace. It might be in your studies, it might be in school. I'm asking you for grace in this moment. And it might be someone asking God for wisdom. Bible says it liberally gives to those who ask. And so that might be you this morning saying, Lord, I'm asking for wisdom. I'm asking for understanding. I am struggling in these areas. I'm asking for wisdom. I'm asking for understanding, oh God. Grant me wisdom afresh, oh God. Grant me knowledge afresh, oh God. Grant me understanding afresh, oh God. Holy Spirit, we come before you. In our weaknesses, in our shortcomings, oh God. In our frailties, oh God. In our limitations, oh God, we come before you. And for those of us who still find ourselves in the 9 to 5 context, who are still schooling, who are serving in different capacities, oh God, we're asking you for grace, oh God. For fresh grace, oh God. For fresh grace, oh God. And for that person that feels stuck, you've been in this place, it feels like a cycle, you've been there for so long and it feels like it's just spinning round and round and there is no way out. Today I speak a word over you in the name of Jesus. Bible says, and God would make a way where there seems to be no way. I speak a new channel for you even in this day in the name of Jesus. That the Lord would open a new door unto you. And that the Lord would come in and do exceedingly abundantly. He would do above your imaginations, your expectations. If he could open the, if he could open um, um, in in the desert, if he could go into the Red Sea and make a way for the children of Israel, then even in this moment, I, I declare and I speak over you that the Lord would make a way for you. If you could make rivers in the desert, then I speak and I declare that the Lord would make a way for you. And I just want you to step out in faith this morning. If you are wanting prayers relating to your 9 to 5, relating to your areas of service, and you want someone to pray with you, you are struggling with work, can I ask the prayer team to please come out? You are struggling with work, you are struggling with your deliverables at work. You are struggling with setting relationships at work. Can I ask the prayer team to come and can I ask you to step out in faith? Trusting that in this moment the Lord would step in. And I'm praying for that person that has offense in their heart. Unforgiveness in their heart as a result of, of how they've been treated at work over time. I'm asking right now, Holy Spirit, that would you please go into those situations, into those places in this moment, and will you bring healing to hearts, oh God? Would you bring deliverance to hearts, O oh God? In the name of Jesus.